Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative processes, paths to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I am absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the short story collection, Woman Running Late in a Dress, and the YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. I'm also a professional book coach, and I am passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at dallaswoodburnauthor. Parker Peavy House is the author of the YA science fiction thrillers, Where Futures End, The Echo Room, which Kirkus called a thrilling ride in a starred review, and Strange Exit, which was just published by Tortine in January 2020. Parker is likely trying to solve a puzzle at this very moment, probably while enjoying In-N-Out fries, admiring redwood trees, and quoting movies about sentient robots. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. It was truly a pleasure to talk with Parker, and I'm very excited to share a conversation with you on this episode of Overflowing Bookshelves. Thank you so much, Parker, for being a guest on the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you and celebrating your new book that's coming out. Um, would you just kind of start us off by maybe talking a little bit about your writing journey, how you became a writer, anything you want to share about that? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I This is my third book. So my first book published in 2016, it was called Where Futures End. And I, like many writers, found a long process to get it published. Um, I had I had started out by trying to find an agent and querying like, like anyone would do. And I signed with someone who was really great, but she ended up leaving the business pretty soon after that. So she passed me on to a new agent who came into her agency to take on her clients, but um, our visions just didn't really match up. So we didn't work together very long either. And then I happened to get an email through my website from an agent who had read some short stories that I used to post on my website for free. And she asked if I had anything novel length that she could look at. So I was writing my future's end. And I, when I finished it, I sent it to her. And we talked on the phone. It felt like a really good fit. It seemed like she really liked some of the unusual stuff that I tend to write. And she already was working on a submission plan. I asked her what kind of revisions she saw that I could do for this book. And her ideas were so good. So I signed with her. I've been working with her ever since. We got a contract for Where Futures Then. And that even took a while. It took almost exactly one year. I think it was like a day short of a year. Wow. And then suddenly we had uh, multiple publishers who outbid each other. So it was very baffling to me. I don't, I don't understand why publishing is like this, where things can take so long and then suddenly so much is happening at once. That's inspiring um, to hear though, that it can happen like that. 
Yeah, I feel like you never know. And I had um, rewritten it while it was on submission. And so we had like resubmitted it. But even then it took a while for people to read the draft and um, and get on board. And, and then I had, there were a lot of questions from people about the book before they even wanted to offer. And um, and so I wasn't sure if you'd even go through. But, but yeah, in the end, I ended up with an amazing editor at Penguin, Kathy Dawson, who was so challenging to work with. She really pushed me to improve my writing. And it, I just feel so proud of what the book became um, under her guidance. And then interestingly enough, she wasn't super into the next thing I wrote. And so um, we went to Tortine and they were so excited about it that they wanted to do a two book deal. That's <laughs> um, great. Yeah. You kind of just never know what will hit with somebody. So that for, for my two book deal with Tortine, I published the echo room in 2018 and now Strange Exit, which is out January 14th. Um, and my editor there at, at Tortine, Ali Fisher, is also so wonderful to work with and has been so great in helping develop some of my style for this type of book as well. Wow. It seems like so much has happened, you know, from 2016 to 2020 isn't that long of a time span. And so you must be a fairly, are you a pretty quick writer? Uh, I don't know if I'm a quick writer. I think I usually take about a year to write a draft. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I feel like usually I end up working on multiple things kind of together. So while I was, I mean, I think like most writers, while I was re- waiting for my revision letter for Where Futures End, I was writing The Echo Room. Mm-hmm. And by the time that was going on submission and I was waiting for responses, I was, I was uh, actually, I wasn't working on Strange Exit though. I was working on something else that I haven't yet gotten a contract for. But, um, but then when The Echo Room was getting ready for publication and my editor said, well, we need to work on your next book in the contract. And I had an idea and I hadn't really started doing any kind of drafting or brainstorming but I had this really great opportunity where I got to go to an astronomy program for science fiction writers where we learned astronomy all day, which was grueling. I was like, Ugh, I'm a student again. <laughs> um, so it was, it was a lot of work and I learned so many fascinating things about astronomy. And then in the evenings we would sit and we would talk about how can we incorporate some of these elements into our stories? And that was so helpful. And there were people there who were experts in all different fields. One of the students um, had done a lot of research on robotics, and I loved talking to her about robots and AI. And one guy worked at a nuclear power plant, and I talked to him about nuclear uh, power and what he thought about nuclear weapons. And so the, everybody had different expertises to bring, and and learning all of that helped me finish Strange Exit and come up with these ideas for um, what, what could happen in the novel and what would be feasible and what would be an interesting twist. So that was a, that was like a whole new writing experience for me. And I had to write that one pretty quickly, but luckily the program really helped me jumpstart those ideas. Wow. That is such a, how did you hear about that program? Did it, was it just something that tweet about it? Someone who had been to the program tweeted, Hey, this program, the applications are due by tomorrow or something like that. If you want to go. And I was like, what program is this? And I looked into it. It's called a launch pad astronomy workshop. And I just really quickly was like, I better fill out my application. I worked on it all that night and turned it in and uh, wasn't sure if, if they wanted YA or, you know, what, who they would accept. But 
it ended up being a really diverse group of authors as far as some people are writing YA, some are writing adult fiction. Some people weren't even writing science fiction necessarily, but they might have a science element in their book. Like I think mm-hmm. one writer was writing a mystery, but it had a character who was very into science. Wow. Mm-hmm. So just like this chance thing I happened across and ended up really loving it. I love that. And I think that also just shows how um, the outside world and like outside influences can be so helpful to one's fiction. Like I think sometimes we have this image of a writer alone in the room, which is very true often with the writing process. Mm -hmm. But also I know for myself, especially if I'm not getting out in the world, I find that I don't get as many like fresh ideas. And then that program sounds like that's taking it a step further where not only are you getting out in the world, but you're like steeped in this new subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. I was just talking with somebody else about how it's great when you're a writer to have a terrible job because then you have so much material to work from. You never know where you can get inspiration, whether it's from something that you find so frustrating and annoying or something that you find inspiring. But but later on, it all comes together in your brain and makes for story ideas. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it's always nice and ever, if ever you're going through something frustrating or annoying to think like, well, at least maybe I can use this in my book. <laughs> like quick, jot down all the painful feelings I have. I want to drive this back up later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious about your other books. Um, sort of, do you have a general place that inspiration comes from? Are you like an, are you an outliner? Do you like to just go where the story takes you? What's, what's your writing process like? I try to think of an, of a word to describe my process and it keeps changing. I like the term I've heard before of a headlights writer where you only write as far ahead or only maybe outline as far ahead as the headlights of a car could see on a dark unlit road at night. And that's usually how I write. I, I, I tend to brainstorm a lot about characters before I start writing and also just kind of get out whatever strange ideas I have and work through. Um, you know, if, if, for example, with Where Futures End, it was a lot about an alternate universe and with Strange Exit, it was about a simulation. So just thinking about those elements a lot. And then as I sit down to actually start writing, I usually have a couple of plot points I know I want to hit somewhere in the book. And then uh, I just kind of see where I go and then I stop, look at what I've written and try to plan out, okay, what might happen in the next few chapters that could build on this? And usually uh, that makes for kind of a wonky first draft. And Mm -hmm. I don't mind at all because (laughs) I really love that. For me, I know a lot of writers don't like that first draft, but I love it so much because it's all about discovery and exploration and you never, you never know what you're going to find. And for me, that's so exciting. And even if that means later on, I'm going to have to do a lot of revision. That's fine with me because I think it's so fun. I don't, I don't think it's wasted words to just write an exploratory draft. For me, those words are the most fun, whether they get into the book or not. And the, the manuscript I'm working on now, I've restarted probably three times. And (laughs) I'm actually kind of glad because each time I get close to finishing, I haven't even finished a full draft of it. I'm like, but I'm having so much fun and I, it's going to be so sad to be finished with this. And then when I realize I need to start over because I found the most exciting corner of this draft and I need to rewrite based on that, then I get excited because I'm like, great, now I can start over. I can explore new things. And I, I really like that process. I don't really mind it. I love the way you described that. I hadn't heard that headlights writer term before, and I really love that. 
Yeah, someone else recently mentioned, I think it's George R. R. Martin, calls himself a garden, a gardening, a gardener writer, where he's he's like, I just plant seeds and then I know what seeds I planted, but I wait to see what comes up and then I go from there. And that seems pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of freedom in that way of thinking about it. So to me, it feels if I think about writing that way, it feels less pressure than sometimes um if you're thinking about outlining and wanting everything to be super efficient um, and the idea of there are no wasted words, I think can be really freeing. Um, Is writing something that you've loved your whole life, like ever since you were a kid? It seems to me just hear you talk about it, that it's something that is really fun for you. I really love it. I've I've always loved it since I was a kid. And I, I used to write little stories and make my sister read them. Or I would write stories with my friends and we would try to collaborate. I always had so much fun writing. And even when I was, I don't know, like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, I'd make these charts of how many pages my goal was to write each a day. And I would try to keep up. And so I was still pretty disciplined even as a kid. I liked the exploratory aspect. I liked being really creative. But I had that discipline of, well, I better better at least try to get the certain amount done so I can say, you know, that I can finish my book. Um, And I... That's one thing I've learned too about uh, about writing. I think it's so important to zoom in on what do I feel my weak spots are? Because you can always improve. There's always a craft book. There's always a critique partner who can help you improve any any aspect of your writing. And then the other side of it, the, the part of working toward publishing, I feel like you can also zoom in on your weaknesses there. So if it's writing query letters, there's so many websites that can help you write a better query letter. You can get better at it, of course. And you can even get better at things like, I, I want to take my writing more seriously. I need to schedule every, every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday from five o'clock to seven o'clock. I will work on keeping my commitment to writing. So I've been trying to think about that aspect of it recently. You can really love writing and, and it can be your passion and you can still work on getting to be a better writer and you can still work on getting to be better at working toward publication. So um, it's like, I try to look at two sides of the coin. What am I working on as a writer? And what am I working on when I'm thinking about publication and just trying to get a little bit better at each of those? That is so helpful to think about it that way. I love how you've broken up that it's, that it can be, yeah, like two sides of the same coin or like two modes of your brain um, where, and also I think it's helpful to separate the writing part from the publication part because you have so much control over the writing part. But as you were talking about with your journey, you don't always have control over the the publication part. Um, But I love that idea of trying to work towards getting better or learning or growing with both of those things. And also your advice is so perfect for the new year. I think a lot of people, (laughs) they want to try to book forever. They set a goal for the new year to write their book. And so your advice to actually like implement a plan and be disciplined about it is really helpful. Yeah. And I've never been the kind of writer who could write a lot of words in one day. And people have all these great methods for it. And I always, I, I feel too afraid to try them. But what I realized is when I wrote Strange Exit and I was on kind of a tight deadline and I had to write a lot of words a day to make my deadline, I realized that if I push myself to write more words than I think I can, I'll at least fall between that goal and what I used to do. And now after working on that draft for several months, for me, it feels easier to, I don't, I can't usually hit a very high word count, but 
my goal used to be 1,000 words in a day, and that used to be really hard for me. And now I can usually get 1,500 words in a day. And I feel really excited that I've actually grown to that point. I know a lot of professional writers are like, I have to write way more words than that to keep to my deadlines. But for me, that's it's such a huge growth to be able to write that much more and to feel like it's quality and to feel like I'm not dragging it out of myself. So you can see improvements in even in just like small steps. And, and it might surprise you what you can improve in. Because you might think, well, I'm only this kind of writer. But, mm-hmm. um, but anything that you want to improve in, yeah, I mean, it's a great thing to think about for the new year. There are definitely many ways to improve. And you don't have to be striving for like being a perfect writer. But if there's just something that you think you could get a little bit better at, um, there's definitely some method out there that can help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. It makes me think of different types of... Um, like if you were playing a sport or something... It, it made me think when you're talking about stretching yourself to write mm-hmm. more a day, it's almost made, made me think of like endurance running or something that at one point running, you know, three miles might seem like really challenging, but then the more you work on it, push yourself and it's like, oh, I can run like five miles. So mm-hmm. it seems I can, I think a lot of people have played sports before or have some background with, with that. And the way that you're describing improving as a writer seems very similar to that. I remember when I played soccer in high school and I just wasn't athletic. And one day we were doing these squats against the wall and my legs were just shaking. <laughs> my coach came over and he's like, do you know why your legs are shaking? And I was like, why? And he's like, you don't have any leg muscle. <laughs> I, like, I just looked down. And I was like, he's right. I don't. <laughs> and perhaps it would have been more helpful if he said, because you're working on building your leg muscle. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> I always felt like, I guess I just don't have any muscle. Um, but yeah, you're not, you're not like, I'm a writer or I'm not. I've, everything improves. If you're just sitting down and you're just trying something will definitely improve. If you're targeting something, it will improve. Even if you're not, even if you're like, I don't know, I'll just try writing a story. You, your brain will figure out a way to improve. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. I want to ask like, what's next for you? We haven't even talked too much about Strange Exit. So maybe you could share a little bit about that. And um, I'm also just curious what, what you're working on right now um, to improve as a writer. Okay. Yeah. Strange Exit is um, is my new book and it is about teens who are trapped in a simulation. They've forgotten that it's not real. One girl like does realize the truth and she's trying to get everyone out before the whole thing collapses. And it was a, it was a bit of a challenge for me to write this book because I went in thinking, oh, simulations. I love them. They're so cool. I love The Matrix. I love Inception. I really love The 100, which is uh, like my favorite TV show. And there is one season where they play a little bit with a simulation. Uh, so when I started writing it, I was really excited and I was just playing around with all these crazy things you could do in a simulation. And then my editor read it and said, um, yeah, this is, this is great. But if you, I mean, it just seems like they can do whatever they want in a simulation, which isn't that interesting. Like, you know, so I had to come up with all these rules for how the simulation would work. Um, you know, and, and for example, like some dangerous sides to it. So, so in this simulation, if you start to get confused about whether it's a simulation or a real world, this mysterious substance appears. And, and if you touch it, it'll knock you out of the simulation, but that could, the shock could actually kill you. Wow. So it's really interesting because you can use that as a tool or a weapon against other people in the simulation. And it brings in all this new conflicts of, if I want that person out, I can force them out, but it might kill them. Or if I want to help someone get out, is it worth risking using this as a tool? So it really challenged me to find the parameters and the limitations 
Um, I'm usually the kind of person who's like, this is a great idea. I'm just, I'm just going to have so much fun with it and explore. And having that discipline to, to find the limits and to flush it out, to, to make sure you're drawing like sharp lines about what you're really writing about. It was, it was a big challenge for me. And it was, um, it was also really fun because once I found those limitations, I could play with the story a little bit more. Uh, probably what I'm working on now, writing wise, I think right now, because my book is coming out and I'm doing all this promotional stuff, I've been f- reflecting a lot more on the publishing side and some things I want to wrestle with there. So one thing I've been thinking about a lot is like, what is my philosophy of book promo? Because, <laughs> you know, when you're a writer, a lot of times you're kind of introverted or you might not really like to have a ton of attention on you. And that's, that's generally how I feel. So it's hard to go out there and be like, everyone listen to me. I have this book out and you should read it. So I've just been trying to think about, okay, well then what, what is my philosophy behind that? Like, what what kind of promo or how do I want to do promo or how do I feel about it? And I've been talking to different friends about how they feel about it. Um, and it's it's still something I'm trying to figure out because uh, book promotion and book writing feel like completely opposite goals. You know, <laughs> book yeah, writing is yeah. like leaving me alone with my, with my thoughts and book promotion is like, now come and open my head and look at all my thoughts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's kind of what I've been thinking about and trying to trying to work on figuring out lately. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. It's I hope it's been like a fun sort of book promotion. Yeah, I have realized that some things that I can do promo-wise that I enjoy, like I, I just like speaking about ideas. So podcasts or school visits, I really enjoy it. And and that that makes it easier for me to feel less like, hey, I'm I need everyone to read my book and more like I just have some fun ideas we can talk about. And yeah. <laughs> that, that to me comes a little more naturally than some of the other promo. Yeah. Well, it's so fun to hear you talk about some of the ways that your books came into being. Um, I'm really excited to read Strange Exit. And um, how can readers, listeners um, get in touch with you? But what's, what's the best way for them to connect with you? I'm on Instagram as at Parker PV. P-E-E-V-Y. I'm also on Twitter. I'm not usually there. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll find me there. Um, my website is parkerpvhouse.com. I have some events coming up for the promotion of this book. So um, I have an events page to look at there. I have a few podcasts coming out. Um, this one has been really fun. I had, I had a few other fun ones. People want to try to listen in. Um, I'll, put, I'll put those up on my Instagram so people can, can find those. And uh, I'm I'm going to be at Write On Con, which is another, it's like an online conference. So it's really easy to go online and watch, uh, or I think it's just listening. I don't know if it's watching or listening. I haven't done it before. Um, Listening to authors and agents speak about writing and publishing. And then there's also um, things you can, there's podcasts you can listen to that are related to it. And there are like uh, some forums you can use. So it's it's really easy for anyone to access if you want to check that out too. It's Write On Con. Great. And I'll try to, I'll put links in the show notes too, so people can find. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Parker. It's been such a treat to chat with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. 
If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading.